Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is Simon Sweetman. This is episode 76. I had a chat with Tamsin Beasley. Uh, she's the wife of Booger Beasley, or Nigel as his, as his real name, uh, from Head Like a Hole. Tamsin's a friend, I've, I've known her for a while, um, in fact she was my, my intro to Booger about 10, just under 10 years ago, I, I wrote to her and said I'd like to come and meet Booger, I'm a fan of Head Like a Hole but I've never, never met him, I'd like to come and hang out and talk to him, so I spent the day out at their house, got to know him, um, I wrote a, wrote a piece about that which I'll include in the notes to this because um, we, we talk about this. Reason I wanted to talk to Tamsin is uh, for the podcast is because uh, there's a movie out about Head Like a Hole, a documentary called Swagger of Thieves. It's showing right now on the film festival circuit. Uh, and, and Tamsin is in the film, so also her children are in the film, so I thought it would be interesting to talk to her about, also uh, I should should mention, and this comes up, is she was at one point the manager of Head Like a Hole, so she has has or had business concerns, as well as um, seeing her whole f- close immediate family represented in a film. The film is amazing, it took sort of close to 10 years to, to put together from the raw footage and the, and the you know, inception of the idea through to editing and getting it selected for the film festival. Um, so we had a big old chat about Head Like a Hole and about her life uh, with Booger and as connected to the band and particularly about the documentary. You might uh, think of this almost as like a, a podcast version of a, one of those extra feature commentaries on a DVD and that you might want to see the film first and then come and listen to this if you're, if you're hearing this intro now and you've got plans to see the film. Um, go see the film also I'll give a plug to uh, Lewis Tennant his podcast Dr Tennant's Verbal Highs this uh, week he speaks with Julian Bosher the director of the film and I've listened to that that's a great uh, worthwhile listen again for that for that inside view of what happened a bit of, bit of commentary around the film uh, so this is me talking with Tamsin this is Sweetman Podcast and uh, as always a thank you to our sponsors Yeasty Boys provide us with some beer Le Petit Chocolat with the wonderful handmade chocolate and tea leaf tea with uh, amazing range of herbal teas uh, thanks to all of them and thanks to you for listening check out Swagger of Thieves it's an amazing film uh, and enjoy my chat with Booger's wife Tamsin Beasley well, um, that's probably as fine a place to start as um, you've you've seen the film. So, how did you? F- I want to talk to you at um, length about the film, but I guess the first thing is what you know. What was it like seeing yourself and hearing yourself on a completed fi- or a pretty much a completed film? I think I had um, yeah, my heart was definitely in my mouth <laughs> the first first wee while, but it became quite apparent quite quickly the quality of the film yeah and we really had no expectations um julian he was very good at sort of coming into our lives and filming but not really being there yeah and i just i thought it might be this small film doc i don't know i never yeah, thought yeah. it would be that you know a big documentary that went yeah, yeah, into the film festival and no. as well as into the world. Yeah, so yeah. And I just kind of, we just kind of got on with it and, you know, we had young kids and it was just, so yeah, when we first watched it, it was a bit of relief um, after getting over the initial opening sequences of, yeah. which is, you know, not to spoil it, but can be, there's a few um, 
uh, maybe shocking scenes uh, yeah. for some people. Um, and then relief because, oh, it's not actually that bad. And then kind of that crazy feeling of going back and seeing us younger and yeah, yeah, kids and, and trying to remember that and yeah. or being forced to remember that yeah yeah and then thinking far out our lives have changed so much like yeah. you know we've, we were living up in Otaki then um, we had that you know cool little art deco house and Booger was kind of twice the size and um, yeah that's actually um, remarkable like how you know like knowing him now seeing him now seeing that footage it's yeah. you know it's impossible to ignore yeah it's amazing yeah, yeah it's like a transformation right yeah yeah and i guess you know i mean for him he 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 hated being that weight but it was man we were just busy we had yeah. twins and yeah and they weren't like just your cruisy couple of kids they were yeah, yeah. they were booger and mines you know like yeah yeah yeah, we're, yeah. We're both quite, you got what you paid for <laughs> yeah so you know life was pretty busy and um uh, yeah so uh, but the main feeling was relief this isn't a really shit film yeah um but it is gonna maybe shock a few people uh, yeah and i just have to live with that yeah well i i, I mean <sighs> You come out of it really well, I think. I mean, I don't know that anyone doesn't come out of it well, but you come out of it really well. I reckon you've got a couple of the best lines of the film. Um, very funny. And, you know, your your kind of position in the film is, is interesting, interesting because I guess you're a couple of roles in the film. Like, you're, you're managing the band at, at one point, at least. So that, that's in the film. But you're also in the film, I gather as a you know there's this um part of the story of the film i think is this redemption of booger beasley the character like he you know and so part of the story of the redemption of him i guess is you know wife and kids family people he loves people who love him people who support him and having gone from arguably being a bit of a lost soul or at least a larrikin and he still has, you know, plenty of aspects of the American sort of behaviour, but, yeah, you guys are, or you're particularly a huge sort of rock of stability for him. Mm. And so you're, you'd are you be in the film anyway, I think, even if you weren't, but also you're actually uh, tour managing and managing the band at various points. Which, what, you just kind of fell into, I guess. Yeah. Would, that wouldn't have been your goal. No. <laughs> as a as a rock and roll, roll wife, as they call them. That yeah, I was you, never... You were one of those ones that was trying to get your hooks into the band. Well, we met when Headlock like a Hole was over, dead and buried. Like, there was no chance of it getting back yeah, together. Yeah, um, So that... And, and Booger had been in Grand Lodge. Um, yeah. But even that was not really his cup of tea. And, you know, he wanted to do all these other things and... I think, you know, we wanted to have a family. We just kind of wanted to be normal. So it was yeah. never, yeah, the the whole band thing was never really a big part of our lives when when we first got together. And um, and the, I, talking about the film as well, like I, I actually didn't expect to be in it as much as I right. was. Yeah, as yeah. That was a shock. And, but I, like you knew you'd been filmed, but you yeah. imagined, you imagined that, that I was that on the was, outside. Yeah, yeah, I'm not the talent. Gonna... Like what they have no yeah, interest yeah. in me. And 
but when one day we're at in our new house in um in in Raumati and um I think I must have been working at home and I walk, walked upstairs and Booger was on speakerphone to Julian, uh, the director. And I heard him say, oh, you know, Tamsin's um, featuring in the film heaps. And I walked past and I went, what? And he goes, oh, actually, you know, like, you're one of the main characters. <laughs> and it was kind of winding me up a bit. And yeah, I, went, yeah. I was kind of like, fuck off, Julian. Like, you know, I'm yeah. in the background. And he goes, oh, no, my editor's fallen in love with you. He's just put, put you all through it. And I was kind of like, is he joking? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he kind of wasn't, you know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect to feature in it as much as, as I did. Yeah. But as I say, you have a, you have a couple of the, uh, the best lines in the film, I think. And, um, and you pre- I guess you present... Uh, yeah, this sort of pillar of stability for, well, arguably for the band at that point too, but certainly for uh, um, for Booger. And then, you know, one of the, the themes of the film, which I think will, will polarise, is that it's, as much as it's a story about the band, it's really is a story about the two Nigels. Yeah. Who, who creatively are the big force of the band. Like, they are mm. the songwriters, they are the founding members they're the last surviving founding members in the group so in, in that sense it is their band I don't think the you know I don't think the rhythm section would argue with that I think they would understand that they're important parts of the band and they are represented in the film but mm. it, 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 it makes sense that it's about this uh, and, and what would you call this dynamic between the two Nigels it's it's uh, yeah, and then, and then was the dynamic between the three of us, because, you know... Yeah, 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 right, so then there's, yeah. Yeah, and not a healthy one, something, yeah. Um, I, yeah, gosh, they're so different, and I think we were discussing this earlier, you know, they do get tarred with the same brush. Yeah, yeah. And, but they're such different people, you know, like Booger's so charismatic and funny and, and, you know, a bit of a goofball sometimes, whereas Nigel's quite aloof and abrupt and... And you know, really yeah. talented and, and and creative, and you know, I, mean, I guess they're both creative, but just such different people that kind of fire and spark off each yeah, other. Yeah, I was going to say they're the, the, the classic example of um, uh, well, it, this is a cliche of, of bands and, and songwriting partnerships, isn't it? That, that it's like a doomed marriage, like they they need each other, and yeah. then they uh, obviously. Uh, pull in different directions and get frustrated with each other and you know I mean they really do care about each other yes and and they do look out for each other but they I know Booger probably gets more frustrated than with Nigel than Nigel does with him yeah um but purely from you know having to manage the band and I know when I managed the band um I would get very frustrated and I think there was actually a uh, the, the editor was kind to me because there was a part filmed where I really, really lost it um, <laughs> on camera Yeah. Um, about flights being missed and, and yeah, just um, kind of rip, ripped into him a bit, into Nigel a bit. But yeah. um, that that is the life of, of a band yeah. that is spread out over the country and everyone's working and his families and you know yeah yeah so tell me you I mean I know I, I sort of recall a little bit of this but tell me you I mean you, you said you sort of met Booger when he had like a whole were uh, all wrapped up but you were a fan of he had like a whole you knew who they were you knew who he was you... oh yeah I mean I knew him quite quite well and yeah. I, but I knew um 
So one of my best, best friends, Tymon, lived on Essex Street and we all hung out in Arrow Valley. And um, Andrew Durno lived across the road at, in Tim Hague's house. Yeah. And we would have been like 15, 16, and they're a little bit older. Yeah. So we were hanging out with those guys and Tom Watson. Yeah. But they were kind of the guys that we hung out with. Yeah. Booger and Nigel were always, I don't know, but bit too cool. But <laughs> yeah. not that, I mean, you know, just, I did think maybe it's quite arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, you know, they, and then it kind of got to that stage where they were, in, you know, obviously into intravenous drug use and, and we were just like whatever that's fucking no interest there yeah, yeah. but always still respected them as artists and um and enjoyed going to shows and stuff like that but i would never ever have imagined that i would end up where i am today <laughs> you know it's like yeah. wow well i was i mean when it, one of the things that i thought about watching the movie was um you know and i mean i i met you before you met Bog, well, before you were with Bogger, mm. like, so I sort of knew you in, a, in another life a bit. And, uh, but I remember thinking, watching the film, and I think I said to Katie, you know, you you must have met Bogger and, and got together with him at kind of a really low ebb in his life, really. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking back to, I remember there was that, when I met him, out at your house and did that story when that when they did the first sort of reunion shows, and I, and I spent the day out there. He showed me that, um, that there was that was it Squeeze or Juice one of those. Oh, with music? Jane Yee. Yeah, with Jane Yee, yeah. and, and and Justin, my friend, had come down and had been one of the guys yep. filming it. So I'd never caught that at the time, but I, you know, I knew about that. And then he he showed me it, and I could. It was a little sort of you know music TV featurette. It's probably about twenty minutes or so. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit longer than that. But he, I could tell there were bits of that that he was quite uncomfortable about. You know, he, even a few years old, he had the, he got the videotape. He played it to me, but there were a couple of moments in it where he sort of left the room and almost under a sort of like you know he pretended he had something to do and then came back. Mm. And then he and then he said, "Up when we finished watching it, he was like, wow, you know, there are bits of that that I still feel quite, quite sad about. I wasn't particularly, you know, wasn't particularly happy time." No, well, I mean, because he'd moved back to live with his mum. That's mom. right. Yeah, but he was caring for her at or at a like a almost like a support person role, right? Well, he'd, uh, he'd moved back to live with his dad. Had got really sick. Yeah, and his dad was quite uh, quite a big you know no, not big but he was tall and yeah he he needed heaps of care because um, he had a really awful motor neuron disease and he ended up going into a home but he Booger had to actually go through um, some care training on yeah, how to because right. they had to use hoists and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. And, that, and, and all that stuff is people don't know that he went through all that yeah. because then after he his father eventually passed away quite soon after we got together then yeah. his mother um, got diagnosed with Parkinson's so and then around the same time we got pregnant or a bit after and you know she got really sick and, and so we'd, we were actually living with her when she was first diagnosed and she had a couple of bad falls and, and I think was quite frail and, and, and broke her hip yeah. and you know he he kind of had this role of being the bad boy in the family had gone back and yeah, you know, isn't this kind of convenient? But 
it was pretty hard for him to live at home with his mum and he, yeah, I mean he, he loved her to bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also I you know, what's going on there is the band had failed and had become un, untenable and it had mm. it had dissolved or mm. exploded, you know, whatever. Like the band had stopped and obviously he, he's a you know, one of the things about his personality is he's a kind of born performer when, mm. at least when he hits the stage like he mm. he fully gets into character and loves it so I guess he was wrestling with that and then there was yeah Grand Lodge which fulfilled some of that but also didn't like it wasn't quite maybe, oh he's a rock. Uh, wasn't a rocker, quite the right yeah, fit for him country, no yeah. no it wasn't the right fit for him it didn't obviously get the traction that he probably wanted when he yeah. started out with it because so there's that going on too. So psychologically, he's got this kind of crestfallen sort of attitude and approach. Yeah. Plus very serious somber times at home in terms of... But he was always kind of happy and positive. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you know, and, and you know this, that I was actually in another relationship and had been for a long time. And, you know, all our... My friends and our mutual friends of my partners were just quite shocked. Yeah. You know, like, why would you be interested? In, you know, he's not even doing anything anymore. And But, you know, he was just, through all of that, he was still really happy, really positive, funny. And he kind of just wanted to have a good life, you know. And that's all I've ever wanted is just to kind of be happy. And, yeah. You know, and everyone, people assume he's quite pretentious and arrogant but he kind of didn't have any of those pretensions in at all yeah, you know, he's yeah. almost a different person to me then yeah and it just yeah we were I don't know like and you even said it before that I'm the rock and and all this you know um, for him and the band yeah. and everything but even he's kind of as definitely for me as well sure yeah, so, well that's, hopefully that's how a good marriage or mm, partnership or relationship works or ends up with, right? We yeah, find that. just very stable, even though through all of that shit, and you know. Yeah. So yeah, and it was it was hard. Oh, God, I look back, and then you know we kind of unplanned pregnancy, and, and then oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was actually potentially had been triplets because I ended up ah. in hospital, and um, either one had detached and reattached, or one, uh, we'd lost one. So. You know, I was kind of like, <laughs> actually having three. So, yeah, and, and we just didn't know what we were getting ourselves into, and, and we handled it fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. But looking back, it's like, far out, that was quite crazy. So, the kids are about coming up three, I think, when he, when the band first plays that show again, mm. like when they first, so... So how early into the, like, you know, anyone who's a parent knows that the first five or six months if not the first year is is really a bit of a blur but certainly those first few months is a blur but so when does he start making noises towards making those sorts of noises again like to music yeah 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 like oh it was a bolt out of the blue it was a that was that phone call from peter campbell saying do you want to get things back together yeah and we looked at each other and went wow tom watson's not going to be interested and really pissed him off and I don't know, Mike's, you know, it It was kind of like, oh, shit, don't know if this will happen. Yeah, because um, yeah, he'd got, Mike had gone off and done other musical things. He was with Pluto. Yeah, and yeah. And, um, yeah, but somehow it happened, um, and it, it did all come together. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, I mean, yeah, I guess that's something to be grateful for that that the homegrown did want to put up front the money as well because yeah, you know, it, 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 to get a band back together where everyone lives in different parts of the country and and you need to practice and go through all those songs and. Get, build those relationships again, yeah. you know, financially. That and, and you know, like I don't think Nigel Regan had even had a guitar, and you yeah. know, so we kind of had to buy all that stuff. So yeah, that's what kind of pulled it all back together. There was a warm-up show at Mighty Mighty, and then the next night they played Home Grand or a night or two later they might have done a show in Auckland, I think too. Um, but that was that was how soon after that was. You know, was it that kind of cliche of that homegrown show where they afterwards they went that went well? We need to. The crowd was so responsive. Yeah, yeah. At that I mean, it, was, show. it was amazing. I was yeah. at that. It was great. I mean, and I, I think even the, the warm up show at Mighty Mighty was pretty special yeah. too. You know? I think the bug just bit them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, wow. And and then, you know, Eccles and and Peter were like, fuck, let's let's do a tour, you know. So it kind of was a natural progression. Um, and this is when you sort of get into like admin and then managing the band yeah. pretty much around there, eh? Yeah, um, I guess I guess purely because the phone call came to Booger and I guess I'd probably had a bit more experience in dealing, I'd, I'd run my own business and stuff, yeah, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, I think I wasn't. Oh no, I wasn't. I but I had. I had, and um, so I kind of knew a bit of stuff, or thought I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, and and I'm quite a people person as well, so I could. Do and you sa- there's your one of your things appearances in the film is sort of around that, where you basically say you're 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 caught in a conversation with Booger, sort of saying. Um, you know, you can't, you can't do this and be the on-stage talent as well. There's, yeah. You know, you need someone needs to Which step in and, 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 and head like a whole as, as sort of a self-managed band, or you know, going to be going on the road without a record label, without a record deal, without yeah. without a new album to push, all of those sorts of things. So it's about just going and playing some shows, and you can't have the energy to do both. Yeah. So, which has kind of turned about and I don't think he did, he couldn't have done it back then yeah um, I was going to say now he's more but now he's owning it he's he really, loves it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like with the vital reissue and all that sort of stuff and recent shows it's all been him right he'll like, go out on the door and he's like I want to meet people I want to I want to talk to my fans and I mean the show's done as big now um, yeah but he's really into that and, and talking crap yeah <laughs> um so I, I mean I, I would find that really stressful and then having to get up and perform but but he's kind of really enjoying and I think that just is, is coming you know you get to an age too where you well they're at one of those interesting periods where uh, uh, positions where they've, they've kind of just about been a band as long on the reunion circuit if you like as they mm. were the first time round it's coming up that they've done about this you know obviously with more uh, breaks and in their own time and on their own schedule and that but I guess you have like something has to keep evolving whether it's his 
his commitment to building a relationship with the fans, you know, something has to keep evolving for it to keep interesting for both him and the audience, right? Like, because, mm. you know, they've, they've released a couple of albums of new material, they've re-released the debut of Vital, there are always reasons, there's been an extra greatest hits, there are, there's always been a reason for a tour, there's always been some new stuff happening, but you can't just keep flogging the same show as well. Like, yeah. Whereas, you know, and the film does get into this a bit, um, does have some archival footage, uh, you know, for the first probably, what, three or four years of their initial run, it's really about finding their feet. It's really, you know, it's re- you know, yes, they've got an album about it at some point, but it's really about doing the slog to get noticed, to get known. Now they're doing a different kind of slog. It's, you know, it's reminding people and it's, you know, um, justifying, I guess, to themselves and to an audience why this is valid and why this is relevant and, you know, why you should go and see them again or if you never saw them the first time around, you get to catch them. So, yeah, something has to kind of... And and, and I guess the film will will be part of that story now, will be part of the the motivations for any further things happening with the band yeah. or, or just people checking out the you know I think the film will and, and obviously it will because it's playing at the film festival um, so the film will strike some people who don't really know the music and don't really know any of the story about the band and it's quite interesting because there is a, a new generation of yeah. bands as yeah. well yeah. you know like Glory Glory and, and, and a couple of those songs I mean it's pretty hard to get rotation on radio and quite frankly I don't know who actually listens to the radio anymore but um, it did did bring in a lot of younger yeah. fans again so while we were busy kind of thinking back in the past and kind of you know got to make up for lost time because you know we spent 10 years or whatever it was broken up and it was wasted time and blah 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 all the while there's all kind of this new stuff happening and and now that I look back it's like you're right you know they've been reformed for almost as long yeah. as they ever were together beforehand so it's yeah it's really interesting um what so one of the other themes of the movie I guess uh, and, and and confronting scenes which you've alluded to is you know the drug use of the band, which again is is particularly centered around the two Nigels, mm. which which becomes part of their dynamic, their story, but also is such a um, troubling story for the band, and becomes a frustration, particularly and the, and the way the documentary plays out, particularly for you know uh, the likes of Tom Watson, who's who's young and new to it, and um, well, Andrew Duno too has his his comments about being but frustrated by it. But uh, you obviously know a version of that story. What was it like seeing a version of that story? As in, See, just seeing it talked about and alluded to, and and, and, and the bits that are shown in the film around, I guess, around mm. the junkie story and the tarring mm. of, well. Yeah, I mean, frankly, for you, the, the, the kind of tarring of your husband. Yeah. I, it, I find it really now. interesting because you know, I was no angel growing up in my 20s, but, yeah. you know, and I was always like, oh, but I'd never touch anything at Trevenus, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's really quite arrogant. Um, I mean, I can 
you know, I don't know, I shouldn't. No one in Head Like a Hole was a fucking angel. Like, yeah. everyone did drugs. It's just some people did more hardcore stuff. Yeah. Um, and, but also, there's probably a reason why it happened as well. And I don't know, it's probably a whole bigger story, but, you know, drug addictions. It's all tied in with mental health, and and you know, and and you know the whole thing of with Gerald dying, and, and people go, well, why would you? And I said this myself. Why did you get carry on? Like, yeah. was, that, was that not enough to make you go? But you got to remember that that was Booger's best friend. Like, and how else? He he didn't know how to deal with it. People blamed him for his death. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was the one who found him. You know, and he he always sort of had this positive you know, charisma, charismatic kind of personality, you know, well, he's not ever going to get depressed, is he? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think people are too quick to blame the, the whole junkie thing. I, I don't know. There's, everyone's got their own story. Yeah. You can't tar every junkie with the same brush. Um, yeah. One of the things that is such a, uh, I guess so successful about Julian's film and I met Julian at your wedding and uh, and he said to me uh, you know uh, the film is progressing and I'm going to try and get into the film festival and it's going to get a theatrical release and I laughed and said that won't happen that won't happen at all you know good luck to you I wish you all the best and uh, and I was blown away and, and, and thrilled to eat my words when I saw that it you know made it into the festival um I didn't think it would make it into the No, well, I just, I, I just, it wasn't to me, it was, I mean, I hadn't seen anything of the film until it made it into the festival and then Julian sent me a copy to look at, but, just recently, but I just meant, like, in terms of timing, I thought, oh, he's never going to have a chance, like, yeah, it's just not, you know, it's just not going to, and then... Well, that was September last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, just, I mean, I just thought that, because it wasn't finished either. And, it was you know, such that, a struggle as well, like, you know... You watch that film, and I've had such a new, a new appreciation for for yeah. people who put together stuff like this. Because yeah. the and we were part of this daily battle of trying to get footage from people who just were being wankers. You know, they had all this footage, and they're just like, "It's mine. I'm not what sharing." What are you going to pay me for it? This is this is like tapes and stuff that he yeah. like a whole had paid for. Right. And someone's going, "No, nah, I'm not sharing them." Or yeah. oh, I don't know. Another person's like, "Oh, I've got all this stuff, but it's in a." storage container somewhere you know and, and having to drive all over the bloody place to go and find them and yeah uh, you know I don't know just it was it was a whole lot of work and stress for Julian like huge the the, the films it really stayed with me for days after I watched it and and I uh, in a way that you know definitely doesn't always happen with films and certainly not with music dockers, I feel like this is really only, you know, only one reading of it is to see this as a music documentary. I think it's a, I think it's a lot bigger than that, a lot, a lot. And, and you know, some people will, will be disappointed that it's not quite the music documentary that they want. There might not be enough music in it for them, I yeah. think. But I, I feel like it's the wider story that goes on is why it probably did appeal to the film festival and why, you know, why it will, will receive 
the audience, the audience that Julian told me he was hopeful for and I thought he didn't stand a chance for it to get. But it's it's well earned because it's a real... Um, I thought about it, it's a real... Like, as soon as it finished, I wanted to to talk about it and I couldn't because, you know, I've sort of seen it before um, a few other people and stuff, so I had to kind of keep it quiet. But I wanted to to discuss it because I was so fascinated by it and I thought about it over several days and it really is I I haven't seen a film like that uh, certainly come out of this country really where it is such a warts and all uh, snapshot of a bunch of people's lives but in particular the two Nigels and then even in particular Booger's story really and, and the you know, the others don't really have their family involved in it. And mm. I guess the family was involved largely because you were all on tour, as 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 much why you're in it in a, in a practical sense. But then it becomes about these other themes and these other reasons. But you know, there are your kids trapped at a moment in time. I know your kids, and I know Ivy's fascination with horses and ability now and there she is as a toddler drawing pictures of horses riding around on a broomstick toy toy toy, you know (laughs) pretend that's right pretending it like but like people did with broomsticks Mm. and stuff pretending it's a horse there she is at like three or Mm. so years old and we kind of just went wow that's that's carried on (laughs) you know like that's that's so funny yeah she'll probably be be she'll probably be mortified by I don't actually thought See it was yourself. They've right. seen no, it. They've seen it? Yeah, because part of the... Did they, you have to uh, skip a couple of seeds for them? Or no, ha- or just no. They vote, what, what happened, they can't see the whole thing yet. So no. Julian, they edited together just the bits that they're in. Yeah. So we, oh, showed, right, we went yeah, through yeah. that and watched it together. Yes. Okay. Mm. So and they thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Because he was like, he and well, it was, it was like just, watching great quality ho- uh, home yeah. videos, I guess. And he thought <laughs> like he he actually took out a bit of the kids. Yeah. They had right. to bring the length of the film down, so there was yeah. more. Yeah. In there, um, and yeah, he was he felt it was really important that the kids were happy to be in it, especially with some of the subject and stuff. And, and you know we talked to them about it, and they were ten going on eleven, and yeah, they they were. I mean, obviously they haven't seen the whole thing, but they were pretty stoked, you know. Like, yeah, it's great. And um, but Ivy was like, so, but they gonna come back and film us now? <laughs> yeah, which which is how I felt when it ended. Cause yeah. I'm like, I feel like we're so different now than we were then. Like we we just live in a completely different house, and we, you know. I mean, I, I'm still working at the same place, but it's, it's just all changed and, and life has probably got a lot better, you know, we're kind of on this kind of bit more of a high now and everyone's a bit healthier and, and happier, but... Um, I guess touring will always have its um, stresses and it will always have its uh, financial concerns, but it, it feels to me like the band or Booger probably because he's been doing the booking and the and the promo and stuff and managing it a, a lot more now. Booger and yourself, it, it feels like those expectations have are a lot more realistic now. Like the in that, you know, six or seven or eight years ago, it was about you know really trying to get out there and and become big again, remind people of everything that was great about the band. Now it's sort of about 
catering to the audience that's been found through doing that. So, you, you know, yes, you've got some younger generation, then you've got some old diehards, then you've got some people that... And I sort of fit into this char- uh, category where I, I liked the band's music, but I didn't live in the same city as them when they existed for most of it, so I never got a chance to see them. So my first time ever seeing them was that warm-up gig for Homegrown. That was oh, what, wow. I never saw them back in the day. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I had the albums. Yeah. I, I, you know, I remember the whole buzz around the... Um, the rooftop video when they did I'm on fire and I was actually I was in Wellington by then and I remember the whole buzz around that and I remember we always used to love watching that when it was on Juice or MTV or anything yeah. like that but I never saw them live so that was my first time yeah seeing them live was that was that Mighty Mighty show and then and then Homegrown and then I've obviously seen them heaps of times since but I guess in some sense I was drawn to trying to nostalgically grab up something that I had on, on some level that I had missed the first time round. So there's got to be plenty of people like that. I think it's also, in today, you know, rock music is so, um, I don't know, I don't, for whatever reason, it's just not as big as it used to be. And, yeah. and we have these discussions all the time. But, you know, they are a great band to watch up on stage. I mean, the, the last tour they did, you know, they played on quite a lot of small stages, so it does get quite restricted. But when when they're on fire on a great night on a on a stage with room and and they've got that kind of energy, they yeah, they really are fun to watch. It's it's interesting because to me because I would on the one I have, I'm, I'm always sort of careful how I say this because. On the one hand, I think the music is the mu- sort of examination of the music as as one of the least important and interesting things about the band, like song by song. But I completely agree. Like, yeah, they transcend that in terms of watching them on stage. It's about a collective energy. It's about obviously it's about Boggers. The, the the what he puts across he has the charisma that he has as a person is channeled in a different direction as a as a showman and he has this on stage charisma um, I you know Mike's a phenomenal drummer um, they're all they're all good at what they do and there is this collective kind of energy and I guess I guess anger and frustration sometimes that comes out too yeah 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 but it's all it's all about harnessing and energy and so to to try and analyze this band song by song is to sort of miss the point i think like it's it's more about it which is not to say they don't have some good songs mm. you know obviously i'm a, I'm a fan i wouldn't be talking to you if i wasn't uh in this capacity i've talked to booger before uh, for the podcast early on, I've I've gone to loads of the shows. I've written about them. I'm I'm clearly a fan, but I think like trying to stack stack up and pick like their best song or think about what their best song is is missing the point. Going and seeing a show is really yeah. You know the albums are good too, like uh, you know, but going and seeing a show is kind of what they clearly always did really well. Even the, I imagine even the really messy ones maybe early on and, and maybe even still early on in each tour like there's a bit of footage of that in the film they're starting out like there's some speed wobbles mm-hmm. you know yeah. and, but there's you know I, I from going to loads of shows sometimes a, a messy show uh, has its own rewards like there's there's some again there's some sort of energy in it and they certainly put that across 
I think, yeah, I mean, Booger always sort of says, I don't ever want to have a predictable show. I don't, yeah. you know, I want people to come and not know what to expect. And that's not forced, though. That's just, that's yeah. just naturally what what does happen. And, and it, it's interesting, like, I, I will have, I mean, I don't sit around listening to Head Like a yeah, Hole, yeah. But, but when I do, <clears throat> I'll, I'll kind of have my favourite songs. And then I've got, when I'm watching them play, I then have different songs yeah. that are my absolute like Wallow is my favourite song to watch them perform yeah um, and and I I always just think it's amazing um, so yeah it changes and and, and, it, and depends what city you're in as well like yeah I've seen some pretty yeah shows. and then there are those songs that have got like that basically always work that are consistent yeah, like wet, crowd pleasers. wet rubber, like a time on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, some of them that they probably don't want to play every time, but no, they have to. Mm. Um, Hoot Nanny, mm. even you know, like and and uh, and and I guess yeah, things like Glory Glory now too. Like yeah. that's probably part of that. Yeah, and and I I probably got hooked on that more by seeing it live, and then go back to the record and go, yeah, no, this this is got its hooks and it's got its you know it's got this about it and it does work but that that performance factor that they have so almost like for glory glory the music video didn't do the song justice like that should i don't have think been. i ever saw it i don't really watch music videos yeah it, it should have just been a live show yeah just didn't that, that that energy of the band wasn't captured and i think there's a lot of frustration i know for booger has his amazing ideas to, to do music videos and, and they're quite often not captured yeah, by yeah. the person, they don't understand the band they don't um, yeah, that it does need to be dirty and nasty and, and yeah. not just a nice little rock song that pl- plods along Yeah, yeah. yeah. so tell me how um, how it worked for you guys knowing across so many years that there was a film in, in the works did you like? I mean, for you and Booger personally, did you fight and argue about that at various times, off camera? Did you worry? Were you, did you want to call the whole thing off? The film? Yeah, yeah. Did you think it was never going to happen? Did you? We never really. It just never was a thing. I think that's <laughs> that's probably where a lot of Julian's talent was was um, just managing to slip into our lives and. Yeah. and yeah, it was never never a problem. Yeah. Um, and I guess because, you know, J- Julian had filmed um, Comfortably Shagged and, a, and a, another music video and, and had already had that relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I, ne- I guess I never really took it that seriously. <laughs> like, yeah. I've never, I mean, even the band, I'm I, sometimes I'm like, you know, I mean, I work in a corporate world and, yeah, and yeah. you know, I kind of... Yeah, I'm always like it's just a bit of fun kind of thing. So I, yeah, we never argued about the film though. Do, what about um, within the band, the other members? Do you know of any? Are you aware of any anxiety or uh, stress that they had around? I think everyone was pretty comfortable. I know around that time, Mike and Chloe had had their first son, Theo, and. Um, and he, they had a difficult birth, and um, he's uh, from that is is disabled, and you know they have so much on their plate. I yeah. mean, they're amazing. Um, yeah, they, they they can't have a normal life. They have well, yeah. I mean, they've got their life, and 
the last thing they need is cameras in their face. Mm. So, you know, that 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 is yeah. probably why there's not a lot of mic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, some people are just better on, on camera than others. Um, and I think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of, there could have been more of the of the other guys, but... And because we were never told it was yeah. really going to be about Nigel and Booger, yeah. we always thought it would be about the whole band. Um, and it just it does, I guess, kind of seem natural now that that's how it's ended up. But you've got what is it, one hundred and ninety minutes or whatever length of time you've got. There's only yeah. so many relationships or, or stories you can really delve into. Um, so that would probably, I mean, yeah, I don't think there was any animosity or anything that came from making it yet yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's not it's not out there yet yeah, we yeah. don't know yeah uh, um yeah it'll be interesting to see what will happen to it if it takes on a life as a a dvd with extra features how much i imagine there's masses of mouths shit of, i never thought of yeah, that yeah. maybe prob- maybe that bit of me um that's ripping probably, nigel yeah, reed a new yeah. one will feature in it that's possibly where you <laughs> i won't concern- be such a- i was going to say that's possibly where your concerns will lie <laughs> yeah I won't be such the yeah the the, the I've just given heroine. You, I've just given you some anxiety for <laughs> around it. Yeah, that's sort of my job. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's um, yeah. I I I really like this warts and all sort of thing that comes out through it. Like you know, particularly with Boogie, we see this guy who you know he sort of lives and breathes rock and roll on stage, and it clearly drives him. You know, through other aspects of his life, like he's 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 kind of fixated by it, and and a, and a, and a, usually in a healthy way, I think. And then you see this guy, I guess, forced is the word to do these mundane things like cleaning windows and you know whatever, which is the reality of you know most people's lives that mm. want to do something creative. Is one way or another they've got to go and do something, and maybe. Maybe they're a lawyer who plays guitar in their spare time and, and is a weekend warrior, but maybe they're a window cleaner or a poster put-up person or a, you know, what, a car salesman or what, whatever it is. But there's something, I think, quite... Um, just in the way Julian's captured it, too, there's something quite refreshing about the the honesty that comes across in the, in the story of the band. Yeah. That... It's a you know it's a real struggle and obviously the the heroine story is is you know it's sad and it's fucked up and it's you know derailing and all of that but there's also a real honesty in the portrayal of that and there's a real hope around you know I guess there's a redemption and a hope around the fact that uh, the two Nigels who who it focuses on in terms of that are alive and functioning and making music you know the, the, they they aren't lost to that world they have pulled themselves out of it mm. um, they have you know Booger talks in the film he has sort of huge awareness of the idea of being an addict you know the, what, what, what the responsibility that comes with that in terms of you know managing his his life away from that you know that's quite that's quite powerful, quite honest, quite, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's quite, it's quite a, an intriguing collection of 
themes and, and ideas that go into this into this movie. And at the heart of it, it's just this, you know, bunch of sort of well-meaning bogans, you know, kind of, isn't it? Like these these sort of guys that come from this that come from this world of idolizing Iron Maiden and Kiss and ACDC and Alice Cooper and all of that. Motley Crew. Motley Crew, <laughs> Guns N' Roses, all all of that sort of stuff. Some of it wonderful, some of it, you know, not as wonderful, but it all goes into this melting pot of of what of who they are and what they've wanted to do. And, you know, too often we get, in terms of marketing with music, too often we get the kind of lip service around that and the happy story, mm. the sort of manufactured bogans that, that we hear about, that that want to name drop these things but haven't really lived the life and this film you know it's not it's not a glamorous film it's not it's not a glamorous film but it's also not not at all without hope and not at all without heart i don't think any for any new zealand musicians is really glamorous apart from yeah one percent of you know say lord or or, yeah 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 you're pretty fucking lucky if you don't have to work a full-time job or yeah have a wife that works a full-time job. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. It does capture that. And it was hard going back and watching some of the window cleaning stuff, like because he he actually had quite fun doing that as oh, well. Oh yeah, you can see that. You can see. You kind of see that. <laughs> he and just did his own thing. He blasted his music. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he actually earned some quite good good money doing it yeah you know? and he's done a bunch of quite classic sort of odd jobs in that sense hasn't yeah. he's like quite quite a funny jack of all trades really anything he does he will do really well he's one of those p- people that can just kind of do anything and you use this this word which which uh, you know I I arrived at within minutes of watching the film I, I was like you know he, he does just have such a charisma about him you can't help but I think people will find him I think people will find the version of him they see in the film very funny you, yeah. you kind of can't not like there is just this kind of you know there's some of it is brilliant like delinquent teenage boy mentality stuff but in the best possible way but there is just this kind of charisma about him that shines through yeah and it, yeah <laughs> I th- I mean, I, I guess that's what I'm attracted to, yeah. and 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 that that is part of our everyday life as well. Like, yeah. kind of taking everything too serious. Like, I think probably I can get too serious, and he'll be like, "Fucking chill out," you know. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. work's done for the day, and and that's it. It, it truly is who he is. Yeah, um, yeah. But a lot of people can't understand that as well. It's almost yeah. like they're like they don't get it. It's like, is he still on drugs? Like, how can someone kind of be so cruisy and happy and you yeah. know um yeah so pe- some people can't work that out but oh, anyway don't yeah yeah um and, and and the film doesn't uh you know there are these there are these sort of i think it does a really good job of showing the kind of uh what's the word the the awkwardness and the and the and the kind of almost ugliness of of the boredom around touring like there's you know there's some real like the mm. backstage moments and that and the and the frustrations that if the gig doesn't go as you know there's there's some scenes where some of the members of the band are a bit too boozed and don't play properly and then there are other you know and this and this happens all the time this happens you know on a Friday night down at the pub. 
I think yeah. one of the scenes as well, which probably isn't quite clear when people see it, is um, is poor Andrew Ashton. They're playing, I think they're in Invercargill yeah. or Dunedin. Yeah. And I think it was so cold that his guitar became untuned. Or, yeah, yeah. But also at one point he got handed the wrong guitar to play. Right. And, and he was quite, that was his first tour, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and it, but it kind of comes across as that he might be really pissed or something. Yeah, right. And he probably was as well, but yeah, 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 it was yeah. actually but the guitar tech yeah. handing him the wrong guitar. It was out of tune, you know, yeah, all yeah. this kind of comedy of errors. But that's, again, that's that but great that's honesty. That's yeah. exactly it. Like, yeah. uh, that, that every band has those those sorts of moments. But also the and the whole backstage thing of like people going backstage to say hello is always fucking awkward and horrible. So awkward. Well, I've always hated it. It's not well. It's not something that I particularly do. Like it's I will go backstage if I know a person well and I haven't seen them for a while and they are and they and I'm invited backstage and it's to say hello to someone that I genuinely know. I don't go backstage to meet people I don't go mixed or if I'm or if I'm you know in a capacity of interviewing someone because people the performance just been absolutely drained of everything or if or beforehand they're just sitting there a zombie waiting to Mm. to go and do it either or yeah yeah but actually I I think in saying that like I mean and I've had to be in that situation quite a few times and with quite big musicians like um, you know sort of when they played with Aerosmith and, and Alice Cooper and all, you know, quite big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the more they do it, the more they handle it. And I've noticed that, you know, like I was saying earlier, like Booger will get out there on the door. Yeah. He'll go out and sell fucking tickets because he wants, he's now, he's kind of over, you know, he, he's developed on from that and he, he he's actually really keen to meet people and talk to them. Whereas, do you think he's, uh, that's that thing I was saying about sort of managing expectations and stuff, do you think that's a big part of it though? The, the, like I genuinely believe like when I first met him and they did the reunion shows, you know, he he was he was hoping for a golden ticket still. Like he was, part of him was thinking, oh, we're going to get really big, we're going to get like a record deal, we're going to tour over, you know, I think, I think the rock star dream was alive and well in his mind and I feel like now it isn't so much that it's been crushed but just that it's like yeah. you know I, I feel like he has a better read on on really how it's going to go that, that I think he's just enjoying it now it's like it's that whole thing of you know living in the now and and, and it is what but it that's is that's why he can enjoy it I don't yeah. think you know I don't think his his dreams ride on every single gig anymore like he can yeah. you know he's he's obviously happy in his life I think also that the, the comeback tour. I, I'm not sure that he really thought that the, much would come from that. I thought. I actually think, in all honesty, everyone thought it would be really short-lived, and that there wouldn't have been another two albums yeah. recorded or yeah. whatever they've done. And, and you know that whatever is going on now is just nice to have. Yeah. And they don't. You know. I don't think they'd want to drag it on until it becomes... Yeah. People are like, oh, God, they're that shitty bam. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's only if people want to see them. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think Touring 13 as well, that was that was probably quite risky. Yeah. Um, because that was that actually did eliminate quite a few fans. Like, that really was for... For the diehards, for the old yeah. school. Yeah, So yeah. the shows were quite a lot smaller. Yeah, um, niche. But they were kind of awesome as well yeah. and the guy, the band absolutely loved because I was kind of like oh god there's enough people here kind of thing yeah. we're still talking about a few hundred people and stuff but yeah, yeah. not thousands and um, but they loved it you know they were just like this is awesome 
and for half the band it would have been learning you know a lot of material they hadn't played mm. forever too which is so they just had fun is, yeah fun for them you know yeah. like yeah so um so what 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 if anything are they going to do next do you think is there much I think there's they're, they're talking about writing and, and there is there's always I think Nigel Regan is the goal of another album kind of thing always there yeah. or, or another release of some kind yeah I think he's always working him and Bugger are always you know throwing things between each other and, and same with well they all are yeah. um, I know Andrew Ashton as well is, is writing stuff so it's just getting everyone together yeah yeah um but it's a bit easier now because Nigel has, is up in Auckland. Um, he actually lives next door to Andrew Ashton. Um, so, you know, they're, they're together and Simon the bass player's up there. So it's really just Booger yeah. and, and Mike that aren't in Auckland now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they'll just keep on in, doing it as long as it's fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, what is going to be your approach to the film coming out and f- filling in your kids about the things that they haven't seen or you think they can't see like is that a a concern to in terms of they're at an age where arguably kids they go to school with could have parents that will go and see the film and talk or have I just given you another <laughs> thing <laughs> Thanks, you haven't Simon. <laughs> that's what I'm here for <laughs> you know I think that our kids I mean, you know, Booger and I had really different upbringings. Like his parents are almost a generation above my parents. Yeah. My parents were really liberal. We, you know, if I, I smoke, I could smoke pot at home if I wanted to, as long yeah. as I only did it at home. Um, all that kind of stuff. And and his parents were really naive, had no idea what was going on, and buried their head in the sand. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that I turned out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in terms of not becoming a drug addict, um, you know, quite well. And I think that's kind of the attitude we have with our kids. Like, we will talk about stuff. Yeah. And and they know bits and pieces, you know. They're not, I mean, yeah, they're 11. Yeah. They're and not, kids yeah, exactly. grow up not, fast now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they they don't even, they haven't even asked to see it. Yeah, and, and they yeah I was going to say, they're probably quite content seeing the bits that interest them. them. That, that's what we, interests them. Yeah. They see you guys at home all the time. You know, they, they live with him. They know what he's like in terms of his, um, his commitment and interest to in music and his zaniness and his, you know, to, to, to sit through two hours of it is probably boring to them, right? Well, Ivy's into... Um She's into pop music, you know, and most yeah. girls of that age are, you know, Ariana Grande or, I don't know, people yeah, like that. Yeah, And Jet's into this, you know, quite devastatingly Nigel put, Booger put together the, you know, he, he's into computers and, and, and computer-generated music, and he's like, right. this is what's fucking wrong with the world, you know, kind of, <laughs> my son, you know, bought him a guitar for his birthday, and it's just sitting in a corner. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think they they will probably show an interest, but probably when the age is right, I think it'll yeah. just happen naturally. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and are you nervous about seeing yourself on the actual big screen? Will you go along? Cause I've, because I've seen it and I know what parts of me are in it, and it's quite strategically now, There's I had black hair then, and I'm not yeah. natural black hair, yeah. you know. Um... Uh, um what I hadn't thought about and what I talked to Nigel, I just had, it just dawned on me one day. I'm like, fuck, you know, I never really, I thought about, you know, okay, people are going to go and see it and they'll have their opinions and whatever, but 
I'm pretty much water rolling off a duck's back. Like, I actually yeah. don't care what people think about, you know, like, there was that muddy Duda fucking review, which actually was all about him and his yeah, yeah. anti-ness towards... You've, you've got to watch that with reviewers. They might... <laughs> they might <laughs> they're start, all bastards. They're all shits. And, they, and, and, and actually, you know, I... I sort of wanted to rip into Marty about that review because I thought it was fucking ludicrous and I wanted to say, or well, I did say at one point somewhere that, you know, it was more about him than the thing. But actually, fuck, most, when it comes down to it, most reviews are more about the reviewer than the, than the, than the product, than the, mm. you know, these days, because it is our take on a thing. So that in itself I don't mind. But, yeah, there was lots of other things wrong with that review. It was just sort of woefully misguided. It was kind of, it's kind of like, why, why was he even commenting on it? It was outside of his sphere. It's just I, a personal and, and I feel like I'm allowed to say that because I get give it, I get that leveled at me all the time. Like, why, did, you know, what, why were you even writing about Lord? You know, you're not... You know, you're not part of her demographic. You're not part of the market. You know, why did you bother? Well, he certainly shouldn't have bothered with that. Well, he just did the classic of, of combine, and I don't know whether it's because they're both called Nigel, they're yeah. both junkies, but he combines them as one person and shits on them from a great height. Yeah. That are oh, your your junkies and you threw everything away, and it's like yeah. actually they worked really fucking hard yeah. for what they got, and yeah. they're really talented. So. You know, and yeah, okay. So they use drugs. Whatever. That, that's that's what that's what I say is so great about this. The honesty of the film is that you know, yes, there is this great, and, and people will know. Like I, I've had people comment to me, knowing that they that that I was going to see the film. There have been people that have said, "Oh, you know, the heroine sort of thing is." You know, it was such a tragedy that ran through several bands in Wellington at that time, and you know that's true, but. The the film is, is totally about more than that, and it's about all sorts of struggles, not just that one. But it's nice that that's well, it's 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 correct that that's included and that that's not hidden. I mm. think, but it but it isn't just about that. I don't think that's that should be what gets bums on seats. Nor do I think it's it should be what turns a person off watching the film. You mm. know, I think it's I think and it's a, I, I think it's a very cleverly included component like it has to be there it would be the elephant in the room if it wasn't but it doesn't take over the movie and it was never heroin it was morphine yeah well you know <laughs> no but people talk about heroin and, yeah and and, uh, and, uh, and that scene and you know and just junkie them yeah yeah what was your original question oh fuck I never have a question oh, oh well it was around um, it was around uh, you seeing yourself on the big oh. screen like get, will you go to the and you were saying well you've already seen it so obviously the pressure's off in that sense but the the thing that did strike me and we got re- derailed because you mentioned Marty Duda that was like a red flag to me that's what happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright I wished him a happy birthday and said um, he should stay positive um it, <sighs> What did strike me was that we were going to have to go to a cinema with people and watch it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I don't actually care, you know, people can watch it and they can say whatever they like, but that I actually have to sit in the cinema. <laughs> I yeah. hadn't really thought that one through, and now we're actually having to go to two screenings, um, one in Auckland and one in Wellington. Yeah. And then kind of having friends, you know, friends at work going, oh, so what's this? Because <laughs> I haven't really encouraged it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... and, and Welcome to my other life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, I sit with the CEO and, and people are like, oh, yeah, I'm in this film. <laughs> you should come and watch it. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... And that tough as balls marketing director. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. I'll probably lose my job. Um, so yeah, it's it's not. I haven't really been. I, I mean, obviously, I want to invite people to come and see it, 
and I want to support Julian, but at the same time, it's like, who, who do I really want to come and see yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my own mum's not coming. Um, she, yeah, she, she, she'll wait till it comes out on DVD. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> to see the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> all those extras. <laughs> all the extras. Um, she's seen it all anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's that was my only thing was, oh, okay, I've got to sit in a... And, you know, there might be 20 people there and I might be sitting at the Civet, which holds, like, I don't yeah, know, yeah. 1,800 or something yeah, yeah. ridiculous and, and no one might turn up. And what do you think... Are you worried... And, 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 as, a, as a partner would be, are you... How do you think Booger's expectation around the movie is? Are you worried how he's going to react to... I guess responses and reactions to the film, or you know, do you think he's taking it in a stride, or you know, I honestly you know, what, think he looks at it now, and and I think he's right to think this, and that he actually thinks he's just a different person. I mean, he's still the same caring kind of person yeah. that, that I see and, and and was in it, but you know, he's he's more mentally and and physically fit. Yes. It's almost yes. like there needs to be a part two, but yes, it, won't, I agree. it won't be as interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, he, he looks back and goes, fuck, you know, like, you know. I, I, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that the shape that he's in, as you say, both mentally and physically now, um, is, is probably the best possible reaction and preparation you can have for a version of yourself going on the screen like he's he he is living proof that those experiences are a moment in time and not mm. in time you know they still they still shape and motivate him and a part of him but he has quite literally moved on in, in terms of how he presents himself to the world yeah and to himself so that's like that was another thing I thought as soon as the credits went on it I was like well and, and I guess it's, you know it's the same for for other people in the film but but um, for him particularly and he's, he's really the the main focus of the film say um, he, he he's 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 positioned himself well to you know it's like it's like yeah Marty Duda's Drongo review doesn't mean anything to to shouldn't mean anything to a person who has lived through that and looks different, looks at it differently, um, is still motivated to make music, can still perform mm. as well as he ever did. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think, I think he looks, good. he does watch the film and probably has some regrets, you know. Um, yeah, I bet. Because as I say, I keep saying this, it is warts and all. I mean, like, there are some ugly conversations captured in there. There are some real great, as a, as a fly on the wall, which is what the audience is in this, mm. there are some really great candid, heated moments. There's some really great intentional comedy. There's some obviously really great unintentional comedy, yeah. you know, from everyone in the film. Um, it has all those great, you know, if, if there isn't, if there isn't quite the sex, drugs, and rock and roll that people associate with a classic rock dog, there's there's something far beyond that, you know. Like there's a better there's a better outlook on those, and there's a better outcome from how this has been shot. Mm. Like you know, it's a 
that's a, a another level down oh yeah, yeah it's just it's just a really profound movie i think like it's a really uh, it's a really strong piece of uh, filmmaking, like it's a really good. I uh, never thought Julian had had it in him. I'm, I'm sorry, I just you know because he hasn't made anything like this before. He's made yeah. some. I mean, he he TV had, and stuff. Well, hey, he like, hires out yeah, cameras. Yeah, yeah. That's what I knew, him for, and I yeah. thought it was just a little bit of a project. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's so clearly in the best possible way been a passion project. Like I wanted it to be this. I, well, yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. it to be good, but yeah, I yeah. never. You did. You didn't know, you couldn't know until you saw I thought, it. I could come out looking like a real twat, but but also thinking, oh, well, I'm not really going to be in it because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. not about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Julian. But, um, yeah, no, it, it, it definitely... Um, it's nice to not know where it's going to take you as well, I think. Um, it's not the step one, step two, you know, like, let's check off some bullet points and, and this is what's going to be in this documentary like every other rock documentary um how do you um process and and respond to because it's in the film how do you sort of process and respond to the the bands or the, the again the two nigels in particular because they're the ones that talk about it in the film their sort of fascination and competition with shihad like it strikes me that that's it's something that is is still and forever there in both of their minds. You know, they might be a little bit more jovial, candid about things, and uh, but it strikes me that it's still a sort of preoccupation that Shehad did better than them, mm. and uh, and what did they not do that Shehad do? You know, how did they not get to that? level I've had several conversations with in fact both Nigels about it um, and it comes up all the yeah it does come up all the time and it does come up in the film yeah it's a funny one isn't it I, oh, I don't know what to say well could, yeah like it's interesting I, I have seen well I watched the she had one yeah with you didn't I oh yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. right that's right yeah um you, was, you really liked it, and I thought, you that was a bit naff. <laughs> like, what, they meant to be a rock band. It was nice, you know. Um, I, wonder, I wonder how I would feel. I, I, I'm pretty sure I still really like that film. I like, I've watched it a couple of times, maybe three times. What I liked about it was, uh, what did I like about that? I thought I, it was kind of boring. Well, I, I liked that it... Um, it represented a... Con- it, it is interesting because it's funny, I've never really compared the two bands. Um, I've liked them, aspects of them and both no for different does. reasons. No, exactly, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess it's that thing of that, that sort of early kinship Well, thing even Johnny of- compares, though, because, you know, in their doc- I think it's in the documentary, he says... I learnt all my yeah. showmanship from going on yeah, tour. Yeah, 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 that's right. They Europe. talk about the Europe thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a... I think they do have respect for each other, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think things get murky around Gerald's death. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, to me, the music's really different. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, Even early on, which is where it was, I guess, at its most similar... We're like uh, it's like the Beatles and the Stones. I'm a Stones girl. You're a Beatles guy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think I think what I liked about the 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 Shehad 
doc was it was a bit of an argument for um, you know there's there's a nice perseverance in their model you know the fact that there hasn't really been I mean Carl came into it a little bit later on but there really there's been these four guys in the band you know, for at the time of that Rock film, steady. yeah, for over twenty years, yeah, and 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 we got a nice little snapshot of each of them in mm. terms of the way it was told, and some really good footage, and obviously they have this quite cataclysmic situation, in, well, two in America, they have the name change thing, but they also have John's fuck up moment where he tells this joke, and and also where he's being, and that's on the back of him being singled out essentially to the record company really oh, wants yeah. him as a you know and it's around how they managed you know I think the real I, I think the real strength in, in she had musically and I guess philosophically is Tom Larkin you know I think and I think the doco really cemented that for me like I've always mm. thought he's a fucking phenomenal player but I really think he's probably the one that's really helped keep that band together and I couldn't give a fuck about huge swaths or, you know, huge loads of their music now. Like, it just doesn't, it's not for me. Uh, they've moved in a different direction. I've moved on from listening to them. But every time I've gone and seen them play, they kind of deliver the goods. They're a good, they're a good live Yeah, band. I mean, they're a bit and, like the documentary. It's just kind yeah, of a, a, yeah. a strong, steady... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was just interesting to me that this, this kind of uh, fascination, preoccupation with them... Um, I'm standing at your wedding um, and I end up in a conversation with Julian and Booger and Nigel Regan outside and it turned to Shehard. And mm. they were and it was really just the two Nigels talking about Shehard. Because you, you know, know they toured through Europe and stuff and there was kind of that battle of who who headlines, you know, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, Shehard yeah, yeah, and yeah. then actually they he had like a whole set of doing better performances yeah, than yeah. what I know and there was this kind of battle of who yeah was going to be the headliner or whatever or who was yeah yeah and, and there is that kind of, but I do think it's a friendly rivalry like I, I don't think anyone really dis, well actually maybe that's not true um, I, I mean I haven't seen any of those guys oh actually we did bump into John and in, up in by our place oh when he was doing the solo yeah I mean, shows I don't know I just yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't have much to talk about with them. But, yeah. Um, I've, I've all, or I only really knew Carl actually, and always got on with him. But um, I think, yeah, fuck, I don't know. I don't know why there is a bit of rival. I guess it's having Gerald being the manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, some pretty strong emotions around that. Yeah. To like the way that ended, and yeah, it's. And I, I imagine it's quite easy to. To lay some blame and those sorts of things, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Booger was his best mate and was living with him yeah. and, you know, yeah, he was quite young then. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, uh, was, the blame can go both ways. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah, I think um, I think it would be really cool for Shehad and he'd like a whole, to one day do a show we talk, together. When, I, when Booger was on the podcast and I think, God, God, I think it was episode three. I mean, uh, it was it was so long ago. It was certainly one of the very first ones. Um, we talked about that, and we you know we talked about that then. That was a couple of years ago. We talked about how good it would be. You, you know, know, they turned down supporting ACDC because they didn't want to share the support with them. Um, she had. 
<laughs> and then they worked out. I think the checks did it, or someone like that. Yeah, know. someone did it. Yeah. And then they worked out how much money they actually made because that's when I'd stop managing. I yeah. think, and I was like, "Fuck you, idiot!" <laughs> like, do you know how much money you? <laughs> but yeah, they were just like, "No, uh, we're not paying after oh, okay. kind of thing." Yeah. Um, they should have, uh, you know, they they should even just yeah, like I don't know the logistics of this would probably never work because now you're talking about two bands that had members that all live in different or in, mm. in several different cities, right, in different countries, uh, but. Yeah, just the thought that they might do a Wellington show together would would work really well, I would have thought. For, I don't know, do sh- shows actually do well in Wellington? That's true, that's, I think that's Wellingtonians true. are no, like. We're, we're an apathetic bunch of losers. They don't fucking go out. It's, no, it's really sad. It's true. It's one of those things, I say it on paper. Maybe it Christchurch, work. maybe Auckland, but I don't know about Wellington. Yeah, that's true, actually. And it's sad, but we're. A bunch of losers like that. We just maybe it's the weather. Maybe we all sort of yeah. worry about see what it's like on the day, and then we can't be bothered. But well, I mean, I'm, I live up the coast, and I don't really go anywhere. So I, I mean, I'm well. It's been my job for years to go to shows, and I find it really hard to now. You know, like I, I, I probably still go to maybe maybe more shows than a lot of other people, but it has to be a good show or a good reason. I'd certainly, was, I'd certainly step out to a head like a whole she-hard show. You know, I would, yeah. I would definitely go to that. There was talk of one in Christchurch, but I think that might have, I think that might have had Peter Campbell attached to it or something, and it was a sire. No, it's not worth the hassle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there has been mentioned, yeah. and I, I don't, I don't think the head like a, I don't think head like a whole would say no. Um, I think that probably be quite even though, even though they're on record as being the ones <laughs> who said no well that's different though that's, that, yeah it is slightly different it, being the support support band even if it is ACDC it's, yeah I don't know and that would have been around the time that they had had um, done some of those bigger support things like the Aerosmith and mm. you know and, and Alice Cooper and that so yeah, 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 it was yeah, around yeah. that same time. Yeah, yeah, so it's a little bit of a devotion to support the support band for an international act after you've actually been the yeah yeah the number one support band. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, I get that. Um, is there anything else you think has come to mind about the film or that you want to put across? Anything that we haven't covered that you thought I would bring up with you? Drill me on or... Um... Yeah. Did you put a truth serum in this? Yeah, 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 that gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's just kicking in now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spill the beans. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, no, I think I think we've pretty pretty well covered it. Um, yeah, I I just I was I loved how. Um, in a weird way, I was kind of mildly nervous about watching the film. You know, I knew I knew I wasn't in it. I knew you know it wasn't that. Um, I I just I mean like I I wanted it to go well, kind of thing. You know, I was like, I I, I guess I guess um, probably it's the first time I've watched a film where I know a, a few a few of the people in the film and a couple of the people I know well. You know, I guess maybe a part of it was that. Because it was quite emotional for that that first kind of scene where you go into the hospital and it, it did it captured oh, yeah. some of that emotion but yes. actually what it didn't capture was that was a really yeah, scary that's actually, time. That's actually quite an interesting thing we should talk talk mm. a little bit about because because that's true like that and and I think like my nervousness didn't abate because when it starts with that 
you know, that's that's a story I knew a little bit about. You, you but, know, yeah. but I knew about it from you guys. Yeah. You know, telling, I didn't actually see. Because it doesn't show, um, and, and again, that's a time where Peter Campbell came down and, and we were working quite closely with him. And he actually flew into Palmerston Hospital and the whole tour was postponed. Yeah. And, and <laughs> when he walks in and he's in the ward and, and Palmy Hospital's pretty gross and he's in the ward with boogers in the ward with all these people and and his foot is so bad and infected it actually he's got this massive blister covering the whole top of his foot he's got cellulitis and it's it's actually burst and it reeks and Peter walks in and I've got this pillow over my face and then the the smell must just hit him. Yeah. Because the nurse had just told Booger he had to stand up and weigh himself or something for the drugs they had to give him, and, and that's all the blood rushed to his foot and it, and it burst. And, um, and it was just this god-awful stench. And then, then he had to go in, in on a gurney and go into surgery and all this stuff. And and there was a little bit of talk about, you know, he'd, he had been a, um, um, you know, painkillers weren't, weren't going to be very effective on him and, and you know so it wasn't it, it wasn't your usual kind of going to surgery kind of I guess they were a little bit not nervous but you know they, they had anticipations on how, how the surgery would go and, and the infection had got really bad they'd left it too long and um and so we kind of followed him down there and Julian's there the whole time as well yeah, so yeah. It's, you know the hospital yeah. staff are going what the fuck you know and there's that wonderful bit with one of the nurses. Oh. It's so funny where she's kind of like, you know, quite quite nervous but elated to be on. It's to, yeah. and, and it, it's a wonderful kind of Kiwi moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's that great sort of. I'm actually really introverted, but oh man, I've been stepped on camera and, and I don't know who this person is, yeah. but you, you're telling me he's kind of famous. And, yeah. you know, it's just great. But he goes into the room and the surgery starts and they're like, oh, it will be 20 minutes. And yeah. so me and Peter are meanwhile sitting outside going, what are we going to do about this tour? Like, everything's booked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's the head like a whole curse. And, and, and this, there is a curse because it, it's happened recently this weekend even. And, um, and you know, like 40 minutes go past and, and over an hour and I'm like getting worried I start buzzing on the dog and I hear noises and then the doctor comes running out and he's looking really stressed and and I'm like what's going on and he's like it's just not quite going according to plan and I'm like and there was talk that he might have to have his foot amputated and stuff and and meanwhile I can hear them in there and the drugs hadn't worked and he'd woken up during the surgery and they had to give him like ketamine to knock him right out and the, you know, the doctors were really nervous about how much they had to give him, you know, because yeah, yeah. they were like, that's enough to, you know, fucking <laughs> knock down a horse kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And it kind of, yeah, that's, I don't think Julian was even there for that part, but that that whole surgery bit was like real touch and go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. More than just the tour, more, you know, it was yes. more like, yeah. am I going to have a crippled husband? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you, I mean, you know, you could see it in your faces in the film, the, the, seriousness of the situation but 
yeah, maybe not quite to that level, like without people knowing that. But mm. the other thing actually that I, I, I commented on with watching the film was, and I guess this comes up a few times, and in the film festival, the other example of this is the Builderine doco that Simon Ogston made, which is which is really great. Um, but just how, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but just how beautiful New Zealand looks caught on camera like that. And there's actually some, that that's kind of, I, I imagine it's a weird note, that it's probably not something that will come up in, in many or any reviews of this doco, but I was quite sort of blown away by, I guess because you, there's Queenstown and, then, you know, and Vicargo and Dunedin and then sort of ro- various road trips across both islands, but there's these quite scenic destinations too. And that is the awesome too. thing about being in a band in New Zealand is you... That's one of, yeah, one of the cool things, right? Uh, yeah, you do see some amazing stuff and meet really cool people. Yeah. And, these different sort of down-to-earth, very different uh, people in different locations. But, but yeah, New Zealand, I mean, New Zealand, is no secret that New Zealand scrubs up pretty well on, on film or doesn't even need to scrub up. It's mm. kind of majestic, uh, yeah. you know, at all its sort of rustic rural glory. But, yeah, I did think that was that was really quite beautiful in the film. A nice juxtaposition with the um, <laughs> with the Palmerston North Hospital. And, yes. Yeah. 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 Which which doesn't look <laughs> that great, but it but it does a good job. You know. And some of the venues and, and hotels yeah. that we stayed in. And, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, hey, look, I I love the film, but it was nice to talk to you around around it because I th- I think like you know I could have talked to Bogger, but he would have told me the same. In, in some ways, he told me the same things that he told me last time, so it was, I, I really thought it was a good idea to get a different perspective on it. Cool. Um, should we leave it there?